Hallelujah. So we've been looking at redemption. We understood redemption means something originally belonged to you. It was taken away from you by deception. Now you are buying it back by paying a full price. That means it originally belonged to you but was taken away from you by deception. But now you are paying a full price and getting it back legally. So that means nobody can question you. It is legally yours. So you're paying a full price for it. That's the meaning of redemption. So we understood that man was created by God for, for God's pleasure. We saw in the book of Genesis that the heavens were made for the earth. The earth was made for man and man was made for God because God wanted family. And man was made in the image of God. Man was, man was a spirit, soul and body. And we saw that man, uh, Eve was deceived. The devil came, deceived Eve, but Adam willfully uh, disobeyed God. He knew what was the truth, still knowing that he disobeyed God. And so, once man fell, the devil became the God of this world. Adam was supposed to obey God, receive instructions from God, and rule and dominate the earth. But the authority that God gave him he transferred it to the devil when instead of choosing what God said, he chose what the devil said. He submitted to the words of the devil rather than the words of God. So by doing that, he submitted the authority, the dominion, the power that he had over to the devil. And now God, had a, God did not eliminate man and start all over again. God had a plan of getting it back, a plan of redemption. So that's what we saw that Jesus came. The reason that Jesus came because man needed a mediator. The part of man that was like God, the spirit, died. He was cut off from the life of God. Now man needed somebody to stand between him and God. Man needed a mediator who is 100% God so he can touch God and 100% man so he can touch man. And only one person qualified for that, that is Jesus. And we saw that Jesus came, He fulfilled the plan of God and on the cross He died and on the cross He became sin. We understood the death of Jesus, we understood the, uh, uh, that Jesus went to hell for us and we also understood resurrection. That's what we covered till now. So we understood that Jesus won, by His resurrection He won victory over death. First He won victory over spiritual death, then physical death, then eternal death. We saw the sequence in which it was done. So today we are going to look at the ascension of Jesus. Alright. So he died. He went to hell. He was resurrected. And today we are going to see the ascension of Jesus. Let's look at some scripture here. <clears throat> Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 3. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3 <clears throat> it says for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures and that he was buried and he rose again according to scriptures and that he was seen of Cephas or Peter then of the twelve and after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once of whom the greater 
greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. So, Paul is summarizing this, the death, burial and ascension of Jesus to the Corinthian church. He said, I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. That means, before he delivered this to the Corinthians, he had to believe and receive these things. What is it? That Christ died for sins, according to scripture. Then, he was buried, he rose again the third day, according to scriptures. Alright? And then he was seen. See, he's talking about the resurrection. So after his resurrection, what happened? He was seen by people. We, we're going to look at that in detail right now. So before we go into it, I want to put something forward here. We know Jesus rose again. Alright? And he ascended. Yes or no? He ascended. But do you know he ascended two times? He had to ascend two times. I know it's a little confusing, but let's look at that. Go with me to John chapter 20. <coughs> John chapter 20, verse 11 onwards. John 20, verse 11. It says, But Mary stood without at the sepulchre, weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked at the sepulchre and sees two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if you have borne him, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto, her, unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to, go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands, his side, and they then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Look at that. I know we have read this many times. And here you see Mary in, in the tomb. Alright, Mary is in the tomb. And she saw two angels sitting there where the body of Jesus was there. And one person sitting at the head, one at the leg. And she was crying. And she asked, and the angels asked, Why are you weeping? She said, I am looking for my master. Where have you kept him? And then she heard a voice behind her. And she thought it was the gardener. She asked him, Where did you, Have you taken the body of my master? Where have you kept it? And then when Jesus said, Mary, she recognized the voice. And then she was about to touch him. Jesus said, Don't touch me. 
let's read that again verse 17 Jesus said touch me not for I am not yet ascended to my father but go to my brethren and say unto them I ascend unto my father and your father to my God and your God look at that he said don't touch me for I have not yet ascended but then after that the same day evening the disciples were gathered together in a place Bible says the doors were shut it was all closed and then suddenly Jesus appeared before them and then he said he showed his hands his feet I mean his side everything why so they could feel he was proving to them that he is Jesus himself so the first instance when Mary was about to touch Jesus he said don't touch me for I have not yet ascended to my father and your father but later in the evening he's appearing himself before the disciples and he's showing himself to them he's showing his hands look at that let's read that again verse 20 when he so said he showed unto them his hands and his sides then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord see they didn't believe it was him they didn't believe that it was him till he showed him his wounds all right let's read verse 27 or oh, let's continue reading and it says as you continue it says Thomas was not there and Thomas told them I will not believe till I insert my, my finger in his wounds and touch his sides I will not believe then in verse 27 you see then said Jesus to Thomas reach hither your finger behold my hands reach hither your hand thrust it into my side be not faithless but believing look at that this is eight days later eight days later again he's appearing to the uh, to the disciples in the same kind of scenario where the doors are shut they're inside now again he's asking them touch and feel so what happened the first instance Mary could not touch after that they could touch the reason he told Mary not to touch him was he said for I have not yet ascended to my father that means he had to ascend by from morn between morning and evening he ascended to heaven and came back what is the reason what is the reason see if you look at the we saw in the book of Leviticus as we were studying about the blood sacrifice that the high priest was the only person who is allowed to enter the holy of holies in the in the in the in the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus we, we read that only the high priest is allowed to enter the most holy place he before he enters the holy place he offers a sacrifice for himself and then he enters the holy place and pours the blood of the sacrifice on the Ark of the Covenant that's what he does that is he's pouring the blood of the lamb on the Ark of the Covenant as an atonement for the sin of Israelites all right he's pouring the blood on the Ark of the Covenant for the sins of the Israelites not for his sin all right so but before he does that he has to take care of himself now in here 
Jesus is our high priest. So he became our high priest. Now what, what is happening? He is going to heaven to offer his blood in the most holy place, in the presence of God, on behalf of us. Are you understanding? But before he ascends, he cannot be touched by mere mortals. Till he ascends to the Father, offers his blood in the most holy place. Let's read that scripture. Hebrews Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 it says but Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is to say not of this building neither by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. See, the process of redemption was completed when he entered the holy place and offered his own blood in the throne of God. Most holy place. That's when the process of redemption is complete. After that, it was open for man. Salvation was open for man. Are you understanding this? So Jesus is a high priest. So what does the high priest do? Offer the blood in the most holy place. For whom is he offering the blood? For himself or for others? For others. Now Jesus is a high priest. Now what did he do? He had to enter the holy place. He paid the price. His blood was shed. Now he had to offer that in the most holy place, in the presence of God. They say, Father, it is done. My blood has been poured for their sins. Their sins are complete, are dealt with once and for all. Let's read that again. It says, said, Not by the blood of goats or calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. That means our redemption is complete when he offered his own blood in the holy place. Now when he is going there, look at that. Flesh and blood cannot, in Bible says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You can't enter heaven with a regular body. You can't enter heaven. We studied that in when we study re, uh, the re, uh, resurrection from the dead in the foundational doctrines. I'll be covering that again. I'm going to look at that right now. All right. Flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Now Jesus is, is resurrected. Now what kind of body does he have? He has a special kind of body. That's why they could not recognize him. He did not look like the old Jesus. Nobody could recognize him. He was looking different. He was looking different. They didn't recognize him. The people who walked with him while he was on the earth, his people who were close to him, they could not recognize him. Why? Because he was different. His body was different. And he said, don't touch me till I go to my father. Offer myself there. So he ascended to heaven, offered him his own blood there. 
in the holy place, in the presence of God and sealed our redemption. After that, he came back. And now this time, he appeared himself before the disciples and told them, now touch me. Now touch me. Now this time, he had a special body. This body is special. You see, the doors were closed. Bible says the doors were closed, but he still came in. He walked inside the room. And they were able to touch him, feel him. See, two times it, it's, it's written there. That he did it two times in the same chapter, John chapter 20. The rooms were closed, he came in. And they were able to touch him and feel him. So the, his body is different. It's a resurrected body. That's the same kind of body that we are going to have when, when Jesus comes. It's a supernatural body. Now if you read chapter 21, in that you see that Jesus is there on the shores. The disciples didn't recognize him again. They went for fishing. Peter said, I'm going to fish. Because they didn't know, hey, Jesus is back. Now what do we do now? They were like, uh, let's go back to our old profession. So he said, I'm going to fish. Then the others also said, alright, I'll also join you. They went to fish, tried the whole night. Maybe that is lack of experience. Three and a half years, they didn't fish, they were with Jesus. So the whole night they fished, they didn't get anything. So they returned back in the morning and Jesus was there on the shores. He asked, did you get anything? He said, no. He said, put the net on the other side. And they got a lot. Let's read that, John 21, let's read that. I just, I don't want to simply say it without seeing it. John 21. Jesus, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. In a, and in this way, he showed himself. Now he's describing it. Simon Peter, Simon Peter and Thomas called the twin, um, the sons of Zebedee and the others, the disciples were together. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out immediately, got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then, said, then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered, no. He said, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they, so they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, that's John, he said to Peter, it is the Lord. See, how did they recognize? The same miracle. From day one, when they met Jesus, he did the same miracle, they recognized him, said, it's the Lord. And then it says, when Simon Peter heard it, it heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they came into the land, they saw a fire of coals and a fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said, bring some of the fish which you have caught. Simon Peter went up, dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. I like the number. He's specific about the number of fish, 153, full of large fish. All right. Then where were we? Yeah. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Look at that. 
See, he didn't look like the old Jesus, but they knew it was the Lord. They wanted to ask him, who are you? Are you really the Lord? But they still knew it was the Lord. Why? Because his body is different. He has a resurrected body. It's a special body. And after this, he ascended once again. All right. This body, he came in this body. Bible says for 40 days he, were there, he was there with the disciples. Let's read that. Uh, Acts chapter 1. Um, uh, verse 1 onwards. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Look at that. So for 40 days he was there with him, with them, with the disciples for 40 days. And what was he doing? He was teaching them about the kingdom of God, the coming kingdom of God. He was preparing them. He did not leave them like that. See, the first instance, he had to assure them he's alive before he ascended to the Father to present himself. See, he could have just gone, but he wanted to reassure them. Hey, I'm alive. I'm alive. And then he ascended to the Father, presented himself with his blood in the most holy place, in the throne room of God, before the Most High God. And then he came back he spent 40 days with his disciples, teaching them, preparing them about the kingdom of, kingdom, uh, uh, of God that is coming. But the kingdom of God is about the Holy Spirit. That's why he told them to wait till the day of Pentecost for the Holy Spirit to come. See, if you read John 14, 15, 16, Jesus is teaching them a lot. He's teaching them, preparing them about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And then came his death, burial, resurrection. And then he ascended, came back, prepared the disciples again. And then here as you read, verse 4, Acts 1. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when he had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times and seasons when the Father has put you in, uh, put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. That's the second ascension. The first time he ascended, presented himself. Second time in front of so many people. The first time nobody saw. He just informed Mary, I'm going. Don't touch me, I've not yet ascended. He went, presented himself, completed the uh, the redemption process came back, spent time with the disciples, prepared them for the ministry of the Holy Spirit.
Let's look at some more scriptures here. First Peter chapter one. Verse 18. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18. It says, For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18. For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation or lifestyle received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamp without blemish and without spot. So his blood had to be presented before God. That's why he had to go up first, the first time. It says, you are not redeemed or bought back with the corruptible things. What are the corruptible things he's describing here? Vain traditions that you received from your fathers or silver, gold. said, these things did not buy you. Silver did not buy you. Gold did not buy you. The traditions that you received from your fathers did not save you. That did not pay the price. But the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, Jesus is the only thing that could pay the full price. That's the only thing that could remove sin completely. That's why it said the blood of goats and calves could not remove your sin. It could not buy you back. It was just a temporary covering. That's why every year they had to do the same thing over and over again. It was just a temporary covering. Why was that? To show the Israelites, hey guys, you are just soul and body. The life that you have is the life that you have in the, in the blood. It's just temporary. You need somebody who is 100% God, 100% man, to come stand in between you. His blood, which is special blood, pure, incorruptible blood, that blood has to be shed for you. These things are just a shadow. Only that can pay the full price. Nothing else will pay the full price. So Jesus fulfilled that according to scriptures, like we saw, 1 Corinthians. So Paul is saying, According to scriptures, I, I had to receive it first. Jesus came, he died, he rose again. According to scriptures, I, I received it first. Now you also received it. That his blood had to be presented before the Father. So that's why the first ascension was needed. So the first time he ascended to present himself there. After this, he spent 40 days with the disciples preparing them about the kingdom and then he ascended again and what did he do this time let's look at that Luke chapter 24 or uh, we'll read Mark 16 verse 19 Mark chapter 16 verse 19 it says <clears throat> so then after the Lord had spoken unto them he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God 
and they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them confirming the word with signs following now this time this is talking about the second ascension in front of all the people it says what happened the Lord he was received into heaven and then what did he do he sat on the right hand side of God so the second ascension of Jesus was to sit on the right hand side of God what is this for let's look at some more scripture Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 onwards or keep your finger there we'll go to Hebrews 1 Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 we'll look at some more scriptures Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 it's again talking about Jesus he said who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand side of majesty on high look at that when did he sit down read that again when he had himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of majesty on high when did he sit down after our sins were purged purged means completely taken away when did Jesus sit down after sin which separated man from God was completely purged after that he sat down and his sitting down represents his work is over are you seeing this picture his sitting down represents his work is finished now go to Ephesians 1 it says from verse 19 and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that fills all in all look at that God raised Jesus from the dead and what did he do made him sit on the right hand side of God and what and then what did he do made head over all things see all means what all everything it gives a long description of things there it says far above every principality power might dominion and every name that can be named anything that has a name he is far above anything that has a name he is far above your sickness has a name 
Your problem has a name. Cancer has a name. Where is Jesus seated? Far above. He is head over all things. Anything and everything, He became the head over all things. And the church became His body. Who is the church? Us. Who is the church? Us. So now what about us? What about us? See, He is seated on the right hand side of God the Father. Far above all things. Every name that can be named. Every power, principality, might, dominion. Everything. Far above. Far means far. When scripture says far, it's far. When scripture says a few, it's a few. It represents at least eight. But when scripture says far above, all principality, all might, all dominion, that's a big thing. Above every name that can be named. That means anything that has a name, he is seated far above. On the right hand side of God the Father. God made him the head over all things. All things. The head of the church. And who is the church? Us. So now what about us? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in sin, quickened us or made us alive together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. So what did He do now? We are His body. Can the head stay separate from the body? No. So now where are we seated? With Christ. Far above. Every name that can be named. You should understand that's our position. Where are you now? You are far above. Every principality, power, might, dominion. Every name that can be named. Sister, that thing that was haunting your family, you are far above. Anytime those thoughts come to you, say, I am far above. I am seated on the right hand side of God the Father. Every sickness, your sister's sickness, you are far above. If she is a believer, she can speak to that sickness and say, I am far above. Every name that the medical science can give, I am far above. I am far above. I am seated on the right hand side of God the Father. Jesus finished the work. That means every authority over anything that has a name has been given to him and it is given to us. That's why today we can rule and dominate. His ascension represents every power and authority being given to the body of Christ. What Adam lost is restored to us. See, what was Adam made for? God blessed him and said, have dominion, rule over everything. Adam lost it. Handed it over to the devil. Now what did Jesus do? Want it all back. Give it back to us. And to seal that, he said, Now you are seated with me. In the heavenly places. In Christ. You are my body now. The head can't stay separate from the body. We are the body. Yes or no? See, that's our identity. That's the power of resurrection and ascension. See, you don't simply celebrate Easter because Jesus resurrected. See, His resurrection represents Him ascending and sitting on the throne. That means it represents we are seated with Him. It represents all authority is now given to us. 
It represents that we are now to rule and reign and dominate in this life over every circumstance that comes. See, that's the purpose of resurrection. It is not simply a Sunday that comes after Good Friday. It is not that. It is supposed to determine and um, it is supposed to show you that that's your lifestyle. Resurrection is supposed to give you authority. It, so you celebrate it. Why? To remind yourself, hey, Jesus ascended. He, didn't just, he was not just resurrected, he ascended. He is seated on the right hand side of God the Father. See, we just read, he is called the high priest of what? Look at that again. Let's read that again. Um, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. Look at that. He says, But Christ being come a high priest of bad things. What does it say? Good things to come. What does the high priest do? He speaks on your behalf. He represents you. And he is representing you for good things. Are you seeing that? He, his job right now is a permanent intercession for us. What is he doing on the right hand side of God the Father? Bible says he is there ever interceding for us. That means he is vouching for us. And what is he vouching for? Good things to come. So what you need to understand is you are in a position of benefit. A position where you can constantly expect good things to come. Why? Because he is a high priest of good things to come. When bad things try to show up in your family, say, nah, uh, not for me. Not for me. I am seated far above. I am in Christ and he is speaking on my behalf. Jesus is interceding for good things to come. So death cannot come. Sickness cannot stay. Good things. Just tell Jesus. When thoughts bother you, say, Jesus, you are my high priest. You are the high priest of good things to come. You ascended, you are on the right hand side of God the Father speaking for me. So I am expecting good things. I am expecting my promotion. I am expecting my increase. I am expecting properties. I am expecting those... Pro yes, Lord. Those who have lost properties, family properties, just claim it right now. Because the Lord is saying He is there to get, you, get those things back to you. To get, to get family properties back to you. Why? Good things. Good things. It belongs to your family. Is it good to own properties? Yeah. Don't tell me it's bad. If it's bad for you, give it to me. I'll take it. <laughs> it's a good thing. He's a high priest for good things to come. So you can expect that. You say, no. What is lost? I claim restoration. He's a high priest of good things to come. Take it. That's the power of the ascension. He is seated right now. Why? Because, power, because his work is over. In him, we are seated there on the right hand side of God the Father. You should know you are far above. You think any, any demon is trying to torment you? Tell them, haha, I'm far above. You can't even come near me. I'm far above. I'm far above. Anything trying to destroy your marriage, hold your wife's hand and say, no, we are far above. You can't come and destroy our marriage. We are far above. 
anything coming and destroy, destroying your mental peace about something. Say, no, I'm far above. You cannot torment me, I'm far above. I am seated in the, in the right hand side of God the Father in Christ Jesus. Far above every principality. These are talking about demon powers. Principality, ma power, might, dominion. Talking about all those demon powers. You are far above. It didn't stop just there. It said above every name that can be named. Not only in this world, but also in the ages to come. Look at that, Ephesians 1. Let's read that. Ephesians 1. I want you to see this because this is what you are. Verse 21. Ephesians 1, 21. It says, far above all principality, look at that, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. See, you are in this world right now. So anything around you has a name. So you are seated above everything that has a name in this world are you seeing the picture in this world you are far above everything that has a name in this world and also in that which is to come so right now you're in this world if anything that has a name is bothering you tell it i'm far above i'm far above i'm seated in christ on the right hand side of god the father all power and authority is now given to me in Christ Jesus. I have authority in that name. So I speak to you. Get out. See, that's the power of this. That's what he accomplished for us. What Adam lost, he got it back to us. Is the word that came from the Father accomplished that which it was sent forth to do and prospered. We are the prosperity. He is the son of God. We are sons of God. So we rule and dominate. Are you seeing this picture? It's very important. The power of resurrection and ascension. All things. Through the knowledge of Him. That's why you need to understand this. That's why this topic of redemption is so important and understanding this is so powerful. You, you, your identity will change. Or rather, let me put it this way. Your Knowledge about your identity will change. You will start to identify yourself in Christ. You will start to see yourself the real way. See, what happens when you look in a mirror? When you look in a mirror, what happens? You identify the flaws and you rectify it, correct? If your hair is sticking out this way, look in the mirror, you, you correct it. Bible says the word of God is a mirror that tells you who you are. So looking in the mirror, you identify what is wrong here physically. What, what am I missing here? And you correct it. That's what we are doing right now. You look in the mirror of the word of God, identify where you missed it, get the knowledge, the correct knowledge. Because in the mirror, you see the real you. You see the real you. Compare. Oh, I missed it here. Okay, that's how I'm supposed to be. And now be that. That's what you do. <coughs> That's why, what, what just happened right now? The word of God just renewed your mind. You just renewed your mind about, the, <coughs> I'm sorry, about your own identity. You started seeing yourself in a different way. Isn't that right? You started seeing yourself in a different way. You are seeing yourself in Christ. You now saw where you are seated. 
you now saw what is given to you you now saw what is under your feet look at that it says put all things under his feet look at that where is it verse 22 and has put all things where under his feet under whose feet Jesus feet if it is under Jesus feet it is under your feet why because you're seated with him same level yes or no if it is under Jesus feet it is under your feet because you are seated with him and they are and you're far above so you sh you can boldly talk to those problems you can tell them you're under my feet you are under my feet I am seated far above I'm in a different level altogether you cannot cross that level you know those who play games you know somebody who's starting for the first time level one level two and then you meet a guy who's been playing it for a couple of years you mean you see oh man when will I reach that level that guy will say hey, don't hurry you won't reach there so you speak to those thoughts you're not going to reach my level I am a different class altogether I'm a different class I'm far above all power and authority is now with me in Christ I'm in Christ you're under my feet I am the body of Christ I have authority so I rule and I reign and I dominate that's why this is important I believe you understood this our time is up all right I believe you received something we'll just pray Father, we praise you, we worship you. We thank you for your word that is renewing our mind. We receive your word with all meekness because this is the only thing that can save our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, Lord. We, ali we align them according to your word right now. Knowing who we are in Christ, knowing what is accomplished for us in Christ Jesus, knowing that we are seated on the right-hand side of God the Father in Christ Jesus, in the heavenly places, far above all power and might and dominion, every principality and every name that can be named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. We are seated there, Lord. And you put all things under His feet. That means they are under our feet. We rule and dominate. Thank you, Father. We understand who we are right now. And we, we release that authority into every situation that concerns us. In the name of Jesus. We speak to those problems. We speak to those things that trouble us. We are far above. We speak to those situations. We are far above. We speak to them. You are under our feet. We are in Christ Jesus. We thank you Father. That we are made to rule and reign and dominate in this life as kings. Thank you Father for your word. We are not going back the same. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah.